So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life. The only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details. Hello, and welcome to Everyday Connection with your hosts, Rico Shields and Jean Victoria Norlock. Bringing your inner life to your everyday life. Welcome, everybody, to this Tuesday edition of Everyday Connection. I'm Rico Shields, and I have here with me Jean Victoria Norlock. And this is the part of the show where I usually ask Jean how she is, but I know how she is. And so <laughs> I'm just going to say that she's rotten. Uh, oh, well, she's always rotten. She doesn't feel well today either. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, it's not a not been a good day, and that's no fun. I don't like that. It's just a health thing. It's not a big deal. I mean, it's not like my world has crashed in on me or anything. I just happen to feel like crap today. I think the virus is, I think the word got out that you're one to get to know your virus and make friends with your virus. You think so? I think some some virus somewhere was like infecting some guy's eyeball while he read that and, uh or some gals. And so now... And the virus said, hey, I got to go visit Jean. She likes viruses. Yeah, we're going to go have a big time up there in Lungay, all right. So, All right. I, I can see that being a truth. Sure, why not? I see we have some people in the in the guest um, area tonight, which is awesome. Oh, awesome. That'll, that, always, that always perks me up, seeing friends and fam. Um, we got Cap and we got Jill from the Artist yeah. Um What we don't have... Though, so I'll put it out there right away because I don't like screwing around, especially when I'm not feeling well. Um, we don't have a guest. We did have a guest, and yeah. uh, I'm sure yeah. we will again. As recently as five hours ago, was on the have, have they have a guest? Um, but I think there may have been a time confusion or communication issue. Anyways, he's from Nepal, and it's really early there in the morning, and it's possible that he just didn't managed to get up in time so we're not sure what happened but he's not here so you're stuck with us and we're going to do our best to wing it and so uh, we'll, we'll throw the throw the lines open for um our regular listeners who always you know get to call in and talk to the guests if you guys have questions for us or if you want to call in and tell us what's uh what's going on jill you can tell us what's happening at the artist lounge absolutely just uh you know, give us a call, either using that handy-dandy little guys good button. with jokes, I think. No, no. <laughs> uh, the or, the uh, truth is, anybody that knows us knows that we can talk for hours on end, but uh, that's when Jane's healthy and happy and uh, doing her best on happy, but the healthy part just today. Not She's, she doesn't do the dis-ease for very long, though. 
anymore. You used to do long like me. I used to do long, and but neither one of us do long very more. I certainly it, did used to do long, but I don't anymore. So, anyways, what I was trying to say was um, the uh-huh. number is eight zero five two four three one three one eight. For those of you who'd like to call in, I stepped on my partner. Ah, that's cool. I who, too sick to give a shit. Whose line is it anyway? Right. <laughs> and of course, there is also Skype uh, right up at the top. If you scroll up to the top of the show page that the chat room's on, right next to the phone number is a tiny little Skype logo. It's actually a button. If you click it, your Skype will auto dial to the show. No long distance, no uh, all that kind of good stuff. Um, but uh, so, Rick. So, Jane, what's going on? Who the hell are you? And what do you do? Oh, damn. <laughs> You know, that question changes a lot, uh, the who the hell are you part. Um, I don't know, really. Certainly not fully, but I'm working on it, getting to know me. That's, well, that's what the whole adventure is about, right? I am, I am, I am. What am I today? Today, I was a um, sick mom who got to spend my day on the couch, second day on the couch, who for the second day got brought a freezy because my daughter is freaking awesome and um, and a blanket because my daughter is freaking awesome and my other half is trucking now so you know he's he's awesome too oh, he's just not not there he's awesome but he's he's he works long hours brother um so yeah, yeah. you know but yeah but he got a little time off this weekend y'all had holiday thing up there. We did. It was Quebec's birthday, which I find really odd. Um, being from Ontario, I we don't celebrate an Ontario birthday that I'm aware of. Um, certainly not to the extent that Quebec celebrates celebrates their birthday. Um, and I'm I'm really I'm really kind of surprised by my integration into this province because coming from a very English speaking province um it it's interesting to come here knowing the rest of the country's kind of vision of Quebec because you know some of Quebec wanted to separate at one time and they're very proud of their culture and there's a, a you know there there's a lot of rules here with regards to the language because they want to maintain their culture and they don't want to lose it um Right. And and coming from outside of Quebec, you would think that it's it's a pride issue, and you kind of it's kind of standoffish. Um, but when you actually get talking to them, it's not that they don't want to be a part of the country. They just want the country to respect the fact that they have a French background as opposed to an English background, and they would like to be a part of the country while still being able to embrace their origins so it's it's interesting to see it from their end of things and I have a lot of respect now um, for the people here in Quebec who have fought so long if you if you look into their history and some of the things that were done to them um, in, in the past years where you know I mean it's really the same thing happened to the French in Canada that happened to the Native Americans where they were forced into English schools um they weren't allowed to have they weren't allowed to have the best jobs you know they were forced into labor jobs unless they could speak perfectly fluent English and when they were forced into the schools they weren't allowed to speak their language um 
so and knowing that that's not something that you learn in the rest of Ontario or the the rest of Canada. I mean, that's not something you learn in school. Right. But you do learn it once you get to go back. Um, and it's not that it's forced on the students because certainly I haven't talked about it to my daughter, but the people will talk about it if you ask. You know, it's it's not like it's a it's a lifelong grudge that they're going to hold forever, but it's recognizing that this was a situation they don't ever want it to go back to that. So that's right. why they're so... And it, it, so they've established some rules and laws that, you know... Yeah, but... If you want to sell a good in, Mon, in in Quebec, you, the label has to be in French. Absolutely. And I think it's really cool that I was able to come here and learn that part of their history. Um you know, and the the way that it was taught to me really wasn't taught in an angry way. Um, it was just here's what it is. You know, this is this is why. Um, and, and it speaks to a lot that that would happen in in one country. Um, and we think on a global scale. I mean, if you think on a global scale, how many countries do we presume that we know the truth about with regards to their backgrounds and their society and their culture? Oh well, yeah, we we and learned you, all that in school, right? And you they really told us don't in the news and yeah, and you really don't know shit. I mean, pardon the language, but I'm feeling like crap today. Anyway, so who cares? Right. Um, you really don't know shit until you actually go and. and I had the I had the glorious the and you know opportunity to do that when I was young, and I am a big fan, a big fan, of like, as long as we're still going to have rules than to make one of the rules that kids, before they're considered, you know, complete, full, legal adults and can drink and all that, whatever, spend a year, you know, go somewhere else. Stay with the local people, no hotels, no dormitories, um, and as part of that class experience or learning experience, be required to sort of go Walk out and find some people and find out what's going on. Around. Yeah, I mean we have this we have because a system we have a system in the education system that's called the exchange student um opportunity. And and there's a bit of a problem as far as I see with that. And then it's only for a few months. You bring you know, one student goes to the other country for a few months and then the other student comes to this country for a few months. And it it has a lot to do with whether or not you can afford it. Unfortunately, sure does. And I would think that with with the amount of resources that we now have, and the amount of money that we do already spend on education, and sadly the amount of money that we spend on war and um, and trying to create a way to bridge the gap between countries, if we could think some of that money that we spend on public relations, quote unquote in politics and invested in our youth and send them and start you know start marrying these these schools cross continental to different cultures and send an entire class over. Oh I think so and there there's you know I'll go one step further with that the amount we spend on war there's military transport planes with empty seats that fly across the world's oceans all day and all night, every day and every night. They don't ever stop, people. They just go. And 
Yeah, they got a big bulk, bulky bunch of pallets down below, so the cargo hold is full, but they certainly are not carrying their weight. And generally, up above the cargo hold in all these planes, there's room enough for, you know, say they were flying a couple of tanks and a Jeep. Well, the crews of those, they sit upstairs, or, or can do. And uh, so there's empty seats. They're right there, you know. Wouldn't even cost the military, they wouldn't even have to feed them if, you know, we get everybody to bring a sack lunch uh, for their adventure, ride on a military transport. That would just be part of the experience. And it would not cost a dime because, like I said, these planes are flying anyway. Uh, got to be busy. Got to be flying. Got to keep the flight time up. Got to, you know, whatever is their excuse. But, you know, um, it, it would be a much more effective move towards peace. Because it shows the young people that people in other countries are just people and that they're probably not near as honorary and mean as they've been made out to be. And it shows the military contractors and militaries that if there was a sudden outbreak of world peace, they're not all going to be out of a job. That's right. I mean, there's there's definitely other things that we can do with the resources that we have. Um, and, and I think, I mean, when you... When you think about all the times that our politicians and our so-called peacemakers go on these foreign missions to other lands and they spend ridiculous amounts of money hobnobbing it up and having, you know, expensive dinners and and going and visiting, you know, the the local politicians and having meetings and blah, 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 blah. I mean, if we could just cut all that crap out, spend that money on our kids and send them over to do the same job, but send them over instead of to teach the other country about us, send them over to learn about the other culture. I mean, I I, I really think it would probably cost the same amount to send the average teen over teenage overseas for a, an entire school year as it would to send one of our politicians over for a week. Oh, yeah. Most likely. Because the teenager is going to be like, I don't, you know, give me pasta. I'm good. <laughs> I don't care. I don't need shrimp and lobster and steak dinners every night. And I certainly don't need crystal and wine and champagne. And you so. don't have to rent the entire floor of a hotel uh, mostly not because they need the space. It's mostly because they just want buffer. They don't want anybody yeah. near them. And no security needed. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think it would do a lot to open up our communications. It's just an idea, just throwing it out there for anybody who's listening that, that you know, might be able to take that idea a little further. But um, I think that we could amp up our exchange to system the way that we do that. And, and we could do it the same here at home as well. Something that I learned really neat when I was in the Philippines was um, that a lot of the upper-class students in the upper schools, they have this interesting exchange system where the kids will go out and live at a farm in the provinces Mm -hmm. for three or four days and have to live the way the family lives. So, you know, an upper-class child is going to be taken out to live with rice farmers for three or four days in, in a shack. Um, and the one girl that I spoke to that, that went through that process 
said that it completely changed the way that she looked at her country and its people in, in just four days. So can yeah. you imagine if we did that here in Canada where you take a city kid and stick him out in the country for a month. Take a country kid, bring him to the city for a month. So there's, you know, more of an understanding even within our own. Even with our own, within our yeah. own society, less of a disconnect. Um, yeah. Because I, my first trips, my first two trips over to Europe were because of my father's job. He had meetings to go to. And so what he would do is the company had to fly him over there anyway and fly him back. So he would just pay for, like, he would have the company fly him over a week early with us and then he would pay for the rental car or whatever and uh, and we would doodle around until it was meeting time and see the countryside not in a tour bus and not on a schedule and um, a brilliant fellow to do it that way because you know we drove through the countryside of France and well, you're, you're off in the countryside and you want to have a picnic what do you do you don't go to what supermarket so we went to the butcher shop where the meat and cheese was. We went to the bakery where the bread was. We went in a wine cave and found wine. And, uh, and of course, all of the little shops had bottled water, so they were able to take care of me because I didn't get any wine because I was like 11. But I remember distinctly everywhere we went, almost constantly, but certainly several times a day, Encountering something and thinking, wow, that's not how they said it is. Definitely, definitely. And um, I think that's that's the biggest message of it, even from my move to Toronto, from Toronto to, to Longay, is that it's not, it's not always the way that you assume that it is. It's not always the way you've been told it is. I think if you really want to understand a people, that you have to go and spend quality time with them and be willing to learn from them, learn their reasons for doing the things that they do, learn their reasons for, you know, the way that they express themselves. It's just, I think it would go so, you know, it would take us so far as, as to understand other cultures if we would just let go of what we think we know. And if there's not, you know, let's not wait on the exchange system to get the transportation figured out, et cetera. Uh, if there's any, you know, program that you're aware of or just, you know, brute force of looking, uh, we have Skype. We have things now where you can experience what's going on for other people. Uh, and uh, so I would encourage that. It's a tough one with kids, I know. You know, do you turn them loose on the internet, or do you fence them in? Uh, often the kids end up knowing the computers better than their parents, and they go right around whatever control stuff you've put in anyway. But um, but you you can supervise them. There are a lot of classroom exchanges, student exchanges that are starting to crop up on the internet uh, because you know it's what people can do. We got Skype and, and other and VOIPs that are free. I honestly think as much as I um, respect the idea that, you know, there are predators out there, um, you also have to respect the idea that there's predators out there in real life. So you send your kid to the library, you send your kid to the park, um, 
you know, the danger is still the same. So it comes down to you as a parent educating your child on how to be responsible. And then, yes, by all means, send them, set them free on the Internet um, once they've hit. And I'm not even going to say there's a blanket age where that's okay because some young people are more responsible and aware than others. Um, but I think I think as a parent you have to gauge whether or not your child is prepared to be able to do that. And then, yeah, because the peacemakers of today are the young people. They're the ones who are asking us, why do you why do you judge on the color of their skin? Why do you judge on who they love? Um, why do you judge on what they call their God? That's not right. They're still a human being. So, um, you know, by all means, set them loose and let yeah. them go and, and let them explore this world in whatever way that they can. If they can't get on a plane, then let them get on the computer because at least it's still a way to bridge that gap. The oceans don't seem so wide anymore. Yeah, the world is getting a little smaller, and that's not all bad. That's pretty good. Absolutely. Uh, because person-to-person-wise, it just really literally always has been about as simple as they put their pants on one leg at a time. You know, uh, stereotypes I had about people and stereotypes they had about me. And, and, and maybe it struck me harder at 11 than it would if you went as an adult. And certainly I saw when I was with my parents in the countryside, and st- I saw tourists in tour buses. And I mean, they were insulated, corralled, and moved. Because that's what pe- the tour company does. And so I don't know that they really had much of a clue. They they knew how beautiful the scenery was, but I don't know if they knew anything about the people. Um, and uh, And that's where it counts, you know, is... All these little stereotypes. I had people, when we were going through the countryside in France, I had people that asked me, you know, how many cows we had because <laughs> I was from Texas. Uh, yeah, well, you know, I probably would have asked you the same thing. We had a dachshund. <laughs> we had a little dog, a little wiener dog. That's about it. That's our full livestock right there. And that's, you know, again, that's you, you make assumptions on what you've been told. And what you've been taught, and if you don't go um, beyond that, then you're never going to learn anything new. Yeah, we've told the story on air a couple of times now, I think, uh, with Bill and myself. You know, he first was like on this board with Elizabeth Feast, and here's this, who's this guy? They're talking about me, you know, because my picture then was the same picture I use now as my real estate headshot, professionally taken and uh, I asked them not to do anything, but they did a little digital retouching anyway. And uh, photographers just do if they're going to put their name on the picture. And I don't know. I don't have a lot of people. I did take a picture of myself yesterday. I put the <laughs> camera on the bookshelf. And I don't have a tie or a jacket on, so I really am learning to relax, folks. <laughs> Actually, that's the first time I've been dressed like that in a long time. It actually felt kind of good. But, yeah, uh, usually it's um, boxers and a t-shirt. Aww. No, 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 <laughs> never boxers. <clears throat> never boxers. I, I don't think I. I don't you. think I own any. Um, but you know, so I do have attractive lounge pants and 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 t-shirts, and they match color-wise. Because I live in these clothes. Haven't been sick. I'm I'm actually spending more time in regular street clothes. Uh, between some. 
energetic work that I did with uh, our dear sis, Stacy Kirchival, and her friends, the professors, uh, and Dr. Wall's diet protocol. Uh, mm-hmm. Things are... Uh, things have moved more in the last six months than they did in the previous 18, at least. And those first couple of uh, flashes of improvement, you know, didn't keep going at that rate. But I think maybe those were just there, like, from Nestor and my body to say, all right, buddy, you're on the right track. Keep it up. And... uh, uh so it's been it has been an amazing difference, and of course i I could say I owe all that to the show, uh certainly Dr. Walls. I don't think I would have met her. I already knew Stacy uh, love Stacy crazy Stacy absolutely, yeah, that's my crazy sister. You're my artistic sister, she's my crazy sister. <laughs> You're crazy too. it's okay. you can be in in the club, but I definitely uh, feel crazier when I'm not feeling so ah. <laughs> Still feeling ah. Yeah, why, you know, if we were going to have a scheduled conflict or a, anything go on and miss a guest, why couldn't it have happened last week when you were feeling great, huh? Ah, it's all good. What you're thinking? It's all good. Yeah, well, you know. I Because mean, she sent me that's... a message earlier said, if you know, man, if it was anybody but you, I would tell them to go take a hike. But since it's you, I'll be on the radio with you in just a little bit. And, you know, then it was time to talk, our pre-show talk, and she calls me, and I answer the phone. I go, hey, hello. It's like, oh, good, this is going to be a fun show. Well, I'm here. I made it, and um, I might even have something insightful to say. Hey, and the show therapy thing works for me. It always makes me feel better. It's the theme music, I think. Um, and speaking of theme music, it's not quite 7.30, but we may take an extra musical break tonight, because so, we don't know what we're doing. Absolutely. It was That's like true. that sign I posted on my wall. said, I don't know where I'm going, but I love it. <laughs> so uh, let's get some Jordan and, and, and sponsor talk. And, All right. And... Uh, uh, we'll have Jordan with Bottled Up and then Sponsor Talk and then uh, everybody hang, hang out because we will have uh, Earth Prayer later in the show, so don't don't give up hope. Anyway, we'll be right back, folks. Stay with us. And now a word from our sponsors. All things are ruled and shaped by patterns. Every moment is filled with symbolism and synchronicity. Understanding the symbols that shape our lives can provide us with guidance and a greater sense of freedom as we gain the ability to navigate the subconscious. Mama Webb draws on 16 years of research into world mythology, theology, symbols, tarot, archetypes, and natural healing, combining that knowledge with intuition, personal experiences, and witnessing journeying, supporting over 700-plus clients on their paths to peace. Mama Web is able to provide unique insight into the forces that guide our lives and shape our worldviews. You can find Mama at MamaWeb.com or call 1-855-WEBB-CAT. The life of a creator can be challenging without the support of a loving family. When your inner child calls, will you have the courage to answer? 
If you're looking for a safe place to play in the artistic energy of life, a place where you can be embraced for all the beauty that you naturally hold within, then the Inner Child family is the perfect place for you. A safe haven for artists, poets, and musicians, this uniquely accepting group of individuals is waiting to welcome you with open arms. Be it support that you seek, publishing assistance, or just a fun, friendly place to hang your virtual hat, you've found a second home in Inner Child. Go home to IamInnerChild.com. Are you looking for answers, clarity, and relief? Are you seeking resolution to the issues in your life that are leaving you feeling confused, upset, and out of control? Are you experiencing the same situation over and over again? Are you ready to move forward and let go of what no longer works? Or is your mission to bridge the gap between human and animal, allowing for the relationship between you and your companion to deepen and flourish? With the help of the gentle guiding hand of Akashic visionary and animal communicator Inez Martin, you can find the answers that you are looking for. Open your heart to the possibilities by visiting Inez at VisionaryLifeConsultant.com. And now for some irregularly scheduled music. Yeah. 
I do 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 do. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think I spelled it right. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, no. Dooby dooby doo wah wah. So I'm really excited to be able to um, introduce our new guest for the evening and soon to be co-host for the evening because I am taking my headset off and going back to bed. Um, Yeah, y'all just have no way of knowing just how excited she is to be going. I I love the show. As much as I love doing the show, sometimes you just got to go to bed when you're feeling fine. Pull this into the green room where there's no music playing, uh, and, but we can talk to each other on the break and said, listen to me, <laughs> this show is not as important to me as your health. <clears throat> so me and my health, Amen. we're going to bed. And, my, to bed. and the show's pretty important to me, folks, but it is it's very, not more important than her health or my health uh, or, you know. Absolutely. So um, We don't I'm have gonna... an off season, so you take an off night, my dear, you'll feel better. All right, right on. So I'm out of here. Janet, thank you so much um, for coming in and filling on me. This is going to be a fun show to uh, to listen to later because, hey, I'm not involved. (laughs) Much love to all our listeners. You can laugh at us tomorrow. I can totally laugh at you tomorrow. Much love to all our listeners, and uh, good luck, kids. Thanks so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Poor thing. Okay, Rick, so we're going to tell ghost stories. Was that the plan? I imagine we can just tell ghost stories or uh, paranormal um, stories or, you know. I see Bill in the chat room, so maybe Bill will call in. Bill's welcome to call in and and, uh, and, uh, we can talk about inner child Jill to call in, tell us what's going on at the artist lounge if she wanted to and, you know. But, but yeah, we can do paranormal stuff because we don't have, I have a lot of UFO people on my friends list and I do mm-hmm. you know sort of admin at a starseed board but awesome. Gene, do- awesome. Gene doesn't so you know we haven't had a whole up- bunch of them I guess and uh, but there's lots of interesting things going on there's lots of baloney going on it's always lots of baloney going on and we can call shenanigans on stuff too oh I love that word shenanigans I love shenanigans. it when Gene says it mm-hmm Jane and Mama up there with that Canadian accent. Yeah, shenanigans and shenanigans, uh, yeah. (laughs) And and don't say guru. Gooey. Get that that word off my point. Gooey. You need like to wash your hands afterwards. Your mouth. I know. I know. Well, I'll tell you a ghost story, and then maybe maybe Bill will come on the line and straighten us out. Talk about something more sensible. <laughs> but no, I I firmly believe in, you know, the other side and I believe that the veil is very thin and that some of us are lucky enough to be able to see to the other side. And I happen to be one of those people and I've seen it with my naked eye and I've seen it on you know, on camera as well. Now, one day I was at, um, true story, I was at uh, a particular graveyard in Dallas, Texas, and um, I was just wandering around. It was a really old, really huge graveyard. They had the big mausoleums, and, you know, it was kind of creepy to some people, but I loved it. I mean, I could literally just sit in there and have a picnic, 
you know, big giant trees. It was green, flowers. It was just beautiful, really. And I love to go and read the old stones and wonder about, you know, who the people were and what they did and who they were in life. And so one day I was walking through the graveyard and I had my camera with me, as always, and I was drawn to this one area, and it was called Islamic Gardens. And so I went over to the uh, Islamic Gardens, and I, you know, started, I parked on the curb, or, you know, right next to it. And I walked up to go enter the actual area, and this gentleman approached me, and he said, um, and he was dressed very nice, you know, modern day, had on nice slacks, nice button-down shirt, and, you know, I knew he was Middle Eastern. I wasn't sure what, and he told me that uh, I shouldn't be in there, that I would be disrespecting the dead if I were to take pictures. And he said, uh, well, you know me, big mouth me. Uh, I said, well, you know, I'll just call the, um, what do you call it? Um, Not the temple, what's it called? The uh, mausoleum, the funeral the, home, the, the people mosque. up front? No, the mosque. I wanted to find out the rules. Yeah, the mosque. Ah, I wanted yeah. to find out the, like, the Islamic rules, you know, because I, I, I certainly didn't want to offend anybody, but I'm not going to take no for an answer easily either. And so uh, I said, okay, you know, I'll, I'll call the mosque and, and see what they have to say about it. And so I turned around, you know, I mean, I'm standing there talking to him. He's just as real as anyone can be. And I get in my car, and I look in the rearview mirror, and he's gone. And I'm, like, looking all around, and I turn my head, and, you know, I'm looking all around, and he's, like, nowhere to be found. And I'm thinking, hmm, you know, was he even real? Was he a some kind of gatekeeper? What was he? So I did go home. I called the mosque, and they said, no problem. Don't worry about it. You know, you can take pictures if you want. So I went back the next day, a little bit scared, but not scared enough to stop me. And I went in and, you know, just took a bunch of pictures. And then I went home, and this one picture, like, just jumped out at me, and I saw this lady's face. And, I mean, I could see every detail. I could see her black, wavy hair. I saw the mole by her lip. I could see everything. It was like she was just staring at me, you know. And so um, I I went back the next day because I was, like, thoroughly intrigued, you know. I'm taking pictures, taking pictures. Well, no, let me back up. I went back the day after that, and there was uh, a lady in there with her kids, and they were standing over this one particular grave, and it struck me that the day before that, when I found the, the lady's face, it struck me that I was really drawn to that headstone because it had this beautiful writing on it and, you know, in a language that I didn't understand. But, um, you know, I went over and I told the lady what had happened the day before with the gentleman. And she said, oh, don't worry about it. And I, I looked down at her, well, I didn't know it was her friend at the time, her friend's headstone, I said, that is so beautiful. She said, it's a poem. I said, really? She said, yeah. And then, um, so I just kind of wandered around and, you know, I was just taking pictures. And then we ended up talking again. And she, I told her about the lady 
uh, in the photo from the day before. And we exchanged email addresses, and I sent the picture to her. And the lady in the photo was the lady that she was, you know, with the intricate writing on the headstone, the poem. That was her friend. And that's a true story. And that's a true story. That is a true story, yeah. It's it's good you finished with that, because I always tell people that stories that start with, hey, listen, this is a true story, you, you kind of got to <laughs> listen close. But that's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, and well, I think there's more of, and more cases of that happening. Yeah. All kinds and of I things think, like that have happened. I think... Come uh, on. Our, well, I think our friend Bill is with us. Is that you, Bill, from 856? Yes. Yeah, that's me. That's me. I have yeah, that's me. Well, I unmuted you. I was thinking right coming in, um, the, for us to keep our eyes peeled for the flying light workers. You know, that's the next transmutation <laughs> that we got to keep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. You know, I, I got to tell you, Rick, you know, when you made that comment, I think that was about, about three weeks ago. Um, it was like kind of off the cuff, you know, you know, uh, you know, light workers, whatever that is. And I, I've been holding on to that because I have to laugh myself at that. And not to slander light workers, you know, those that are doing what they do, you know, God bless them all. But I, I you know, that was just funny because we see a proliferation of life coaching, light workers, and you know, <laughs> anybody that you know screwed in a GE or a Phillips light bulb is now light workers. So, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. It's uh, well, sadly, it's like you know. So many things, when you apply this word economy to them, if somebody's mm-hmm. making money at it, some other people will go, wow, I bet I can do that. And yeah, yeah. they may or may not mean it. And uh, uh, and that's okay. There's plenty of them that are, that are probably doing a fair a fair job of it. But uh, oh, absolutely. I, I, absolutely. I just don't. I think we're getting really close to the day when we're kind of done with yeah. titles and, yeah. you know. Right. Yeah, absolutely. With Rome all over there with Guru. Yeah. It sort of reminds me of the Carlton Sheet days, you know, when um you know, I made millions at real estate, so now I'm going to make, you know, tens of millions teaching you how to do it. You know, I'm like, okay. You know, and uh, you, you see that, you know, a lot of institutions are rising up teaching people how to become a light worker every night twenty four hours and you know, ten thousand dollars and you can become one too. You know, so, right, right. You know, so I just, you know, well, I always used to say when people would talk about those, you know, ads of how to get rich on the Internet, I'd say, I can tell you how to get rich on the Internet. You put an ad up that says, I'll tell you how to get rich on the Internet for $10,000. And then, you, right. you know, uh, all I, you know, I uh, I actually had a Carlton Sheets course once. And, uh, I did so. And, and, and I looked at it and all that and and uh, gave a little bit of it a shot, but I wound up being a real estate agent instead. But uh, mm-hmm. uh, you got to think that this teaching must be easier than making the money in the real estate, or he'd still be doing that. Well, you know, there's an old saying. They say, those that do can, those that can't teach. Uh, they say that, but I kind of enjoy teaching. Like computers and stuff. Oh, I do too. That's I can I make can't it, I can make spin around. I can, you make com- people's heads spin around with computers. And uh, friend bought a, brought a computer over here that uh, her roommate was going to let her sell to come up with her part of the rent, but it was kind of a fight between them. So 
her roommate didn't tell her the, you know, said, you get your friend the computer tech to wipe my information off here, but I ain't giving you my password because my information's in here. So <laughs> when she brought it to me, the first thing I had to do was basically hack the machine, uh, standard Windows machine, just a Windows password. It's not that mm-hmm. hard. But, you know, I put in my disk that I used to, my tool that I used to do that, and stuff starts flashing by on the screen, and she looks over there, she goes, oh, my God, it's the Matrix. (laughs) And it was was just stuff, most of it meaningless, but, you know, uh, uh, it looks like that, you know, when you don't know Mm -hmm. what you're looking at. And and I think we get some of that sometimes with, I think there's a lot more going on all the time than we're Mm -hmm. aware of. And, you know, because they can, they've proven many times over that you're, you see more than you register with your conscious mind when you look at a room, because they can take you back and you can recall all kind of details that you didn't think you knew. So your brain, your physical brain and physical eyes are filtering a bunch of that stuff out all the time from your attention. Right. And, and so something unexplainable, you know that just doesn't fit into your current definition of reality, that would be, I would think, the first thing to get filtered out. But uh, right. uh, I, So I think that there's, you know, there are certainly energetic things that go on different to mm-hmm. different vibration yeah. and what you have access to. But, right. um, uh, but I think that there, I don't know that that story about the Indian chief was the only, or the medicine man is the only one that could see Columbus's boat until like a week later, everybody else saw it. I'm not sure that, whether that's true or not, I've heard both ways. Mm-hmm. But I think there is something to that. If you don't have any point of reference yeah. for something, your brain just doesn't know what to do with it, you know. And and it is sort of kind of between your physical eyeballs and your and your spiritual self, your brain. Right. Well, I'm a proponent. I'm a, a true believer that we are living multi-dimensionally simultaneously. You know, um, just that we're, we're vibrating. You know, in a dense vibration, and you know, like you said the limitedness of our conscious mind can only handle so much. I mean, we look at, you know, just our DNA, and the, you know, and the, and also our, our, our quote-unquote brain power, and the limited amount of uh, the percentages that we're using, nine to thirteen percent. Um, and you have to imagine, like, what if we were, you know, operating at seventy, eighty, or ninety, or a hundred percent? You know, could we, with our present mentality, handle it? And, it's a resounding no. We're not cut for cut out. We're not made for that. You know, in our, you know, as long as we're holding to this this vibration here, and we we do that. You know, um, but you know, just like you were saying, like you know, the things that we're filtering out, but the subconscious mind is recording everything. You know, every sense, everything that's going on is, uh, you know, being recorded. You know, that that is just like the hard drive; it records everything. And then we go for a search for it, and then boom! Oh, that's what that meant, huh? <laughs> that type of thing. Right, right, because you you do that when you look back at things, or I do. I go, oh wow, mm-hmm. yeah, okay, that's what that was. I get it now. And right, right. and of course, I used to look back and oh, that's what that was, and beat myself up about it. Now I now it's actually kind of fun because I can look at it and go, oh, that's yeah. what that was. That means I can leave that behind now if I choose to. Mm-hmm. But um, but at first, yeah, I was like a lot of people that get started down a spiritual quote-unquote path, I beat myself up about this, that, and the other that I did, you know. You never know, Janet. We might. That that could be a promise or a threat. Depends on how you look at it. 
I'm with James. I count it all joy. There's, you know, there's a lesson in everything, you know. Um, you know, and hopefully I can carry it forward. Janet muted herself. She said, "Come on, yeah, James, talk." Yeah. And well, and she's got such amazing things to say. We just, you know, oh, yes, you, you have to get her to say it. Um, a little coaxing, little either that, or you can put her in a room with a pad and a pen, and then come back and read it. It's kind of like the hard drive. Jean's like that occasionally, yeah. like tonight. That's I got to tell you, folks. If she's asking to not be on the show, she feels mm-hmm. horrible because she just loves this show and loves all of y'all, and has been here on many a day when she said she didn't feel like it, and uh, so uh, we certainly prayers and wishes and stuff. Uh, and uh, if you say something back because you're sitting there listening to the show, we're going to get you because you're supposed to be in bed. <laughs> so we'll be watching. Um, and uh, But that goes for everybody, for following your passion. Remember not to outrun your body. Because as, a, as you start getting your spiritual self involved, remember from your spiritual point of view... There's no such thing as being tired, hungry, sleepy. That's the partnership that we've got with our soul's insight, sort of joining the blending the whole thing together. Because we're the ones that know when we need rest, and you know your physical perspective knows that. And uh, uh, some of us overachieving light workers, myself included, have a tendency to push ourselves. To, I'll be trying to figure out something for a new intro for the show or some new thing for the website. I'll be here till two o'clock in the morning and look up. Ah. <clears throat> but um, so, what do you got going on over there at Inner Child now? Besides, uh, uh, talk, talk about this well, you know, mega media empire that you've got going. Every time, you know, I, I don't know if if I, I can't I can't claim ownership or responsibility or um, credit for anything. You know, it basically, it just comes before me and. I execute. I, I like to think in terms of being obedient to the calling of the passion or the calling of the intuition or the calling of the inclination, if you would. Um, you know, so many things that I look at, if I stop to look at now, um, were distant thoughts maybe a year, two years, three years from the radio. I remember going back four years ago, I was looking at a radio show, I was being interviewed, and I says, you know, I could do that. And I said, um, yeah, but, you know, I'm not ready to do that. And then, you know, a year and a half later, I found myself, like, with a radio show. I'm like, wow. And then, you know, one weekend going one show, I liked it so much. I said, well, let me do another show. Since I had to pay for Blog Talk, well, I think it was free at that time. I said, they let me do seven shows, and I'll do two. You know, and two um, over the past two years now have led into uh, a total of nine shows to include affiliates that we're involved in. And, you know, and it's just been a magnificent ride because, you know, it's it's a service for me. It's I so enjoy lifting people up. I so enjoy bringing gifts to people, um, and the service aspect of it. So you know, that's that's. I can't say that's the main thing because the same thing that that's the same thing we're doing. The same mentality that we're addressing with the magazine, the newspaper, Facebook groups, or the main group, or and the publishing company. And it's just you know, it's an opportunity to work with people to bring out you know, their thoughts or bring out their feelings and, you know, share with each other that connectivity, that that part of us that, you know, perhaps maybe hide, hides itself in the shadows or 
you know, it's a little obscure, or, you know, and it's just a wonderful ride. I mean, like, I've met so many wonderful people as a result of this whole social paradigm, including yourself and Jean and Janet, and, and all this came as a result of, you know, um, I want to I call it a one synchronistic mistake, you know, um, several years ago, um, making the decision that, you know, I was going to, you know, um, spend my life doing what I love, which was, you know, people in writing, you know, and, um, you know, so it's, it's a great journey. It has been a great journey. It continues to be a great journey. And tired as I may be or, you know, as overworked as I may appear to be, I never feel that way. It just feels like, you know, like you were saying, when I'm tired, I get to sleep. When I'm hungry, I eat, you know. And um, in the meantime, you know, I spend my life doing, you know, what I do. You know, whatever inner child is, you know, it's a it's an uplifting dynamic for me as well as hopefully for people that we have an opportunity to touch and by whatever means. And it doesn't matter whether it's production or radio or publishing or, you know, a handshake or conversation, counseling or being counseled or, you know, um, it's just a very, very fulfilling place to be in my life and I, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. Well, that's awesome. And uh, we, have a, we have a little bit of that going on over here. We have another... Uh, uh, hour of radio we're going to start doing soon on uh, Sunday afternoons. Um, in fact, probably shortly after your Sunday afternoon show that you've got um, with uh, our good friend Mama Webb. She uh, was thinking about us and how maybe she could help help us out and 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 she was like, I spend all my time on Facebook answering questions for people. Ooh, ooh, I know. I could get people to write in questions, to call in questions, and I can answer questions on the radio. Touch more people. Beautiful. And, you know, somebody sends you an email about, you know, what do you think about Because she and Jean talked about it, because they're buddies mm-hmm. for longer than Mama and I. And so I get this email, you know, I just think we could, I could touch so many more people than I'm touching now. Well, how can you not... Put yeah. them on the radio. You know, how can you not put right. them on the radio? And um, yeah, go ahead. Oh no, 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 please. Uh, well, I just, you know, I I have no earthly idea where it's going. I really don't. I I wasn't kidding when I posted that picture on my wall. This little crayon drawing of a little kid, and he's. I have no idea where I'm going, and I love it. And his hands are up in the air, and you know, um, because I wouldn't have. I don't know if I'd have believed any of this, you know, uh, two years ago. And, I mean, it was just a year ago that we got started, a year ago last Thursday. And and it's amazing to me, you know. I thought, well, you know, we we can have shows. Some of our friends will come and we'll have some fun with it. And and then the numbers were just going up and up and up. And it's... um, I think last week, just for the week, and you got to remember, we don't have, we don't have seven or nine, nine different shows, and and we had four hundred and fifty people, uh, for the week, as listeners, and uh, uh, so don't anybody when y'all come on the show, if you're watching the chat room while you're being a guest, we ask you not to do that because we don't want you to, we don't want you to know there's a whole bunch of people, we don't want you to think there's nobody because sometimes there's hundreds of people listening to it afterwards. And, uh, yes. um, you know, cause folks can go to iTunes and subscribe and it just, I tell them, I said, look, you get up 
Wednesday morning to go for your run. There'll be Tuesday nights everyday connection waiting for you. You can listen to it while you're jogging. Uh if it doesn't make you dizzy and fall down. Uh, <laughs> but um but it's a lot of fun too, isn't it? To kind of see yeah, where it, it goes. See what's the next thing that flashes up before you. Big adventure. I, 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 you know, like what did they say? The universe is built on reciprocity. You know, um, balance and all those wonderful things that you know we are fed. You know, by which we fed would by how how in the amount that we feed. And you know, the more I, I feel that, the more I feed, the more I am being fed spiritually in a, in a very very spiritual sense. Um, and there is no imbalance, and you know that's why I feel so full. You know, with energy. I mean, the energy just comes out of my eyeballs. You know, <laughs> and it's because people like yourself and Jill and Janet and Lindsay and you know Adele and you know, and I can just go on and I probably you know will forget a, a lot more people than I can possibly name. You know, feed me even in the most smallest ways and feed me that energy and that energy kind of multiplies upon itself and you get it back out and it's just like one. You know, continuous merry-go-round of love, and I, I'm just enjoying it. Well, it is. It, it's uh, it's a privilege to do, and 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 a, a real joy. And and I hope that we uh, can help people see that they can uh, do that same thing, and that it doesn't. You know, it it if somebody had said, okay. Here, just punch this button, and you're going to have an international radio show. You're going to be doing a documentary, and uh, you're going to be helping other people start their, uh, you know, enlarge their career through the radio, etc. I'd have been probably too terrified. I don't know what I would have thought, but I'm glad that it kind of just comes in this synchronistic way. Just things, Mm. and they don't really come till you're ready for them. Like you said, you you kind of went. I can yeah. do that, but I'm not really ready for that. But it's like it goes back in the computer bank and stews and comes together, and then boom, there it is. Uh, it's uh, it's that law of attraction thing, and of course, it seems to be working much faster these days. Yes, particularly when I get in a bad mood, the next day is kind of icky. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. But by the same token, yeah. where I'm in really good mood, like show day. Show day does it for me every time. It doesn't. I. That's why I know she feels rotten because I hear that starter, that opening music, and ding, I'm sitting up straight, and I got a big smile on my face. And, you know. <laughs> maybe maybe it's the dynamic of the maybe it's part of the male female dynamic because I know Janet wears a little bit more franticness than I do. I'm just a kind of matter of habit. It's like, okay, okay, well, whatever it is, it'll work out. I will say she's been frustrated with me a couple of times because, you know, something has happened or not happened. And she's a little upset about it. And I'm kind of like, eh, okay, well, something is coming better. Or, you know, well, okay, I can't fix that. And... And um, but she's very quick at it. She's th- she doesn't hold things very long, at all. And uh, and don't want to don't want to pick on the female side of the equation since we all have both. But it is 
in the female energy, more of the holding and the, you know, it's the left side of your body generally is is feminine and the right side masculine. And so the right side reaches out. And uh, I wondered if that was really true the first time I heard that. And I kind of watched myself for a while. And it is. When I reach out for something, when I do something, when I open door handle, it's my right hand. When I want to hold, you know, babies, groceries, anything, it's in my left arm. And um, so it makes a lot of sense. I think it was Steve Rother that said that uh, in one of his deals or his group that he channels. I don't know which. Uh, but it uh, but it makes a lot of sense. And so it's things that we have, you know, my sort of core emotion with life has to do with sticking my hand out and saying, hi, I'm Rico Shields, and not mm-hmm. recoiling backwards when I discover that the great public or the person in front of me doesn't agree with me. Uh I'm I'm okay one on one with somebody not agreeing with me, but if I get the idea this group dynamics not agreeing with me, I go cuckoo, or at least I did for forty nine years. Uh, had a one on one session with our good friend Veronica Torres that channels Elohim, and we kind of straightened that out. That core emotion thing that they do is spot on. I got to tell you what, at least it was for me. That was my experience with it. And it's it's that's another part that's so cool about doing this light worker gig, if that's what you want to call it. You know, uh, I just mm-hmm. call it being me, like you just call it being Bill. Um, he's got so many friends, you know, that you just yeah, lots of people got a lot of online friends, but you know, we put stuff up. We need help or. We're in the chat room and we got no guest or and people just show up, boom. And, you know, man, I'm having a really rough time and you know, two or three people are hey, I'm here if you want to talk. Yeah. And um yeah. uh so it is a real community. Uh yes. you know, it feels like one, it smells like one, it looks like one. Um it is one. And um uh, People tend to devalue it. It's, you know, well, you don't know these people in person. They could be, I know these people. Yeah, I haven't met them in person, but I know these people. And uh, so, gosh, where was I going with that? Anybody that's anybody that's got that same sort of itch going on, get a hold of me or get a hold of Jane when she feels better. We'll tell you about what we're doing because uh, we do have some time slots open. Uh, and uh, we're going to work not to try to. We're going to try not to get up against our our friends, but you know, on some t- on sometimes we have fun- shows on totally different subjects that wouldn't interfere any- anyway. Uh, and it just worked out. I didn't even think about it when Mama Webb said, "You know what? Sunday afternoon, maybe I don't know, four o'clock." And beautiful. And then I was, I thought, oh yeah, what time exactly is Easy Listening on? Because I pay attention to the start, right? And I go look. And it's two to four, and I'm like, <laughs> that's perfect. Bill would have no problem saying, you know, and don't forget after we're done, you know, unless you've got a show from Inner Child that's up next. And we always try to tell people to come listen to you guys, too. So. Yes. Because um, uh, it's, it's amazing stuff what the Internet and the um, increased communication has done for the vibration of the planet, in my opinion. It's yeah. uh, 
I, we are living in very special times, you know, um, and I just try to remain consciously aware of it and just take it, you know. Um, yeah, that that in and of itself is like being a kid again. And, you know, how Chad, you know, and I, I think I don't, I've never been a girl, so I have to say as boys did, you know, the exploration and discovery of things, you know, I, I just really enjoyed that particular aspect of being a, a young boy. And I, I feel that way again. Yeah, it really is a lot like, you know, wandering into, you know, getting to go into your friend's backyard. You've never been back there before. You don't know what's going to be. Oh, that's cool. Let's go see. And find all kinds of, you know, neat stuff. And it's just that as as we grow a little older physically and as we grow a little bit in uh, in, in spirit, either, either or or both, our... Awareness expands from backyard to, you know, I think we all started out not really sure that those feet were connected to us. There's some strange mm-hmm. things over there, and 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 and, and, and I just want to see how far I can expand my awareness. It can be a bit of a mess because you become aware of lots of stuff you might not prefer, you know. And I got a little that was a little weird at first, but. Uh, but that just comes with the territory, so I just ignore that part and look for the other mm-hmm. parts that I like. Yep. Yep. Now Janet ran out on this. Yeah, she's still she's still here. Mm-hmm. She's still in the chat room, but she's muted herself. And but she did say that she liked her delusions. Uh, <laughs> I did too. I had some comfortable things, you know, and uh, I just went through so I'm many. Here. Just, she's here. She didn't bail on us. I'm she just, sorry. You know. <laughs> I was yeah. just sitting back laughing. <laughs> no, it's now, true, now though. I don't know how I be quiet so long when Gene's talking to somebody. It's fun to listen. <laughs> it's true, though. When you kind of start to have these spiritual awakenings, then, you know, things look a little bit different to you. And you're... Um, you know, some things that, that used to mean a lot to you, they don't mean so much anymore. You know, like making a, a lot of money. I'm not saying it's a bad thing to make money. Far from it. But I'm just saying, you know, your things change. Um, you know, you start to look at a bigger picture instead of just me, me, me. And you start thinking about what's best for the group, what's best for the collective, what's best for the whole. And, you know, and sometimes we kind of, you know, suffer along the way because we've been so selfish all our lives. You know, I'm not saying everybody. I'm talking to me, okay? But, um, you know, little Miss Princess or whatever, you know, or little prince. We've been, you know, catered to, really. And, you know, the world is, Far from, you know, that. I mean, you go to other countries like Jane, you know, and and you see that there's poverty and just all kinds of horrific things everywhere. And once you see it, you know, even if you just see it on television, I don't see how you can, like, close your eyes and say, well, I didn't see that. And that's really kind of what I meant by I liked my delusions. I liked it when I thought the world was like Leave It to Beaver, 
And then I woke up and I went, oh, my gosh, it's really not. You know, it's not. Yeah, I mean, you know, that wasn't Eddie Haskell at the door. (laughs) You know, uh, who was that? Um, I liked my little pretty world, even though it was made up. It was false. And it was scary to stick my toe out the door, you know. Oh, it is, because it... Well, it, it makes such a comfy little nest, you know. Yeah. And uh, and I had shock therapy on it on several occasions, but, uh, you know, because I grew up with, I didn't want for anything, including mm-hmm. walkie-talkies, you know. And my walkie-talkies mm-hmm. broke. I, <laughs> I, I whined a little bit, and I picked out a new walkie-talkie that I thought would be cool and told Mom about it. She took the stuff and told Dad about it, and he brought them home. And, right. you know, gee, at school, and then I didn't exactly follow the prescribed path that I was being funneled into. I started coloring outside the lines, and and uh, oops, um, uh, suddenly some of that support's not so unconditional as you thought it was. Although I have to say, That's my parents, true. my parents were pretty unconditional, but uh, uh, and and continue to be, but. Uh, but the whole rest of, because, you know, all during school at St. John's College Preparatory School, uh, it was never my dad. My dad was like, you got to do your own deal. But I had at least a half a dozen of his friends that were like, look, just get through school. Go up to the University of Texas. You don't even got to go anywhere fancy. Just get a bachelor's degree, and I'll handle the rest. Mm-hmm. And... I remember the first impression being the sort of temptation, like, you know, ooh. But it was it always immediately shifted into, that just doesn't feel right, you know. doesn't seem right. Mm-hmm. You know, do the least you can to get by until, you know, we're at point A. When you get to point D, I'll pick you up and handle the rest. <laughs> right, I'll... I'll- <laughs> Flop you on over to point Z. <laughs> yeah. What? Wait a minute. There's got to be a catch, you know. And <laughs> right. uh, you know, contracts in blood or something stupid like that. Uh, mm-hmm. It's where at least those stories come from, because you could certainly take my early experience and say, "Yeah, see, he didn't take the deal and look at him. He's sucking air. He got nothing." Uh, I remember at one point I sold my car and took the change and bought a motorcycle and, you know, I mean, took part of it, bought a motorcycle and lived off the change for like six months. Yeah. And, um, uh, and then couch surfed before we, I didn't know what the term for it was, but I was doing it. Welcome to enlightenment. (laughs) And, uh, and, and then I tried to go back, you know, that was Mm -hmm. what was really odd, you know, it's because I, you know, Dad, can you help me out? Uh, and he's like, well, you know, I'm semi-retired, but my, some of my friends aren't. Let me. And so one of his friends got me a job, you know. Mm-hmm. And I hung in there for a little while. I did. I hung in there for a little while. But um, just couldn't, I just couldn't keep it up, you know. No, I understand. I could never, well, I don't want to go back, but, you know, I have been back to 
certain um, people that I knew, you know, visited. And, you know, it seems like we're from two different planets. Like we have nothing in common anymore. And they think I'm from, you know, I don't know where um, because of my spiritual beliefs. And, you know, and the things that are so important to them, you know, the money and two cars and boats and this and that and the other... I really couldn't care less. Right. I mean, not to say that I don't want a roof over my head. It'd be nice to have a nice roof over my head. But, you know, I am where I am, and I'm here for a reason. And, you know, whatever I have to do to to make it to the next level, well, then that's what I'm going to do. And, you know, and then they kind of look at you like you're crazy. But, you know, whatever. It, it, It is my life, I think. Yeah, that's the rumor I've heard. <laughs> you know, well, is, it, is it is it is it our lives really? Does Rick's life belong to Rick? Did he leave us? Sometimes I he, well, I don't think he left us. He might be on. It's all probably, a dream. You just dreamt that oh. I left you. I, I, I'm here, but I'm just looking over the fence from the ninth dimension. Okay. Ah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Just uh, here Same helping thing. you out, playing a part in your life, uh, playing a role, but uh, which is really true on one level. But mm-hmm. it all depends on what perspective you want to take it from. And I'm, I happen to be right here, right now. I'm a multidimensional being who is currently active. You know, people are like, "How do you get to the fifth dimension?" I go, "I don't know. I'm already there." I'm alive and active and aware in the fifth and the sixth and seventh and whatever dimension, mm-hmm. whatever ones you've got. We're we're all in there rocking out, you know. Right but on. the piece of my focus, right this instant, it appears to me that I'm focused right here. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, I just think there's enough effort involved to be focused right here that there must be a reason for that, you know. It's it, and I can't imagine it was to learn how to not be here and be somewhere else. <laughs> and you know, I, I, I whether it's you know the ascension or the 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 uh, UFOs are going to come and save us all, right? Emergency evacuations are currently in progress. I've been hearing that for years. <laughs> You know, and and I I wouldn't even deny that it's possible that, that someone has that experience at some parallel timeline, some something. You know, I don't. I, I wouldn't either. And you said something interesting. You said it was like we're from two different planets when you go back and visit some of these people. And mm-hmm. I'm not sure if we're from two different planets, but I think we're going to end up on two different planets. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to be Uh-oh. hanging with all the cool people. Yeah, I'll, I'll be I'm your doing. neighbor, Rick. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. Because I got to tell you what, if they, if people are going somewhere where they're going to float on a fluffy cloud and they're never going to do anything, they're never going to want for anything, they're never going to eat anything, they're just going to lay on a cloud and play a harp. I'm not going there either. <laughs> I've been there. We call that a nine to five job. <laughs> well, I went there in the seventies. I called it acid. <laughs> That too, but you know, people just think about it. You get yourself a paid vacation to go lay on the beach for a week. I, I guarantee you, sure. most of you by the first afternoon, 
certainly by the second day, you're going to be begging for something to go do, horseback riding something, you know. I know, I know. We can't do nothing. No, I can't imagine not doing anything, but, you know, I mean, everything's possible. That may be why we're dreaming up this existence, just to have something to do. We could just be laying on the beach having a daydream. That's really. true. I don't see... Sort of like that I, movie with Jodie Foster. You remember that one? Where she became one? the astronaut. She was a physicist or something. And, oh, yeah. Oh, well, yeah, contact or uh, contact, something right. like that. Yeah. yeah. Having those surreal moments. A moment, a moment passed by and it was like a year. Yeah. Yeah. She'd been hanging out somewhere else, and she watched the video. It was only seconds. Mm-hmm. That would be a well, mind know, bender. Things like that do happen, you know, like kind of back to, um, I don't know if you call it paranormal. Well, that just means out of the ordinary, so I guess it, it would be. But one time my cousin and I, we were driving back from San Marcos where she was going to school and coming to Dallas. And you probably know that, that route, Rick, you know, up 35. Sure. And uh, we were like, oh, probably around where Temple is. And, I, I mean, I kid you not, this happened. We were in Temple, Texas on I-35 headed toward Dallas. And then, I mean, we didn't even blink. And then we were like 40 miles up the road toward Dallas. It was right. like we were transported 40 miles. I don't know how it happened. I can't tell you. I don't know. But it happened, and we both looked at each other because it was like we looked, and there was the sign, and we just looked at each other. But, you know, all kinds of, like, things like that, not necessarily that, but out of the ordinary things happened when she and I were together. Yeah. I used to play that game when I – there was a period in my life I drove back and forth from Kerrville, where my father lives now. Uh, Oh, yeah. I used to live there, and he lived down here. And 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 mm-hmm. he and mom lived down here, so I'd go back and forth a lot. And um, I would sort of purposely try to get lost in music, or sometimes it was spoken word stuff, it, uh, or even audio books. And uh, uh, I'm not saying go out there and start distracted driving, everybody. I was on an interstate in the middle of nowhere. No, don't don't do that. Don't do that in the in town. Uh, don't time jump in town. It's not good. Um, and 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 I'm telling you that it got to the point I had to look at the clock when I would arrive to and to see if it was okay to call my father because one time I called him. He said you must you must have driven like 150 miles an hour. <laughs> Where the hell are you? Because <laughs> and you know so I started making sure I didn't do that because it right. was blowing his brain and making me bum out after I'd had a great afternoon. So I just yeah. quit telling him, you know. And uh, so things are more plastic and moldable, and it's not really this rock hard. And and I invite you, go ask, go ask a, a quantum physicist or a regular physicist if this rock hard reality really exists. And they'll mm-hmm. they'll either tell you no or they'll come down, um, um, so they, a lot of them don't like to talk about that. Mm-hmm. They think it invalidates their whole educational career of studying this thing we call reality to suddenly mm-hmm. get to the pinnacle of that 
study to discover it doesn't really exist without an observer. Right. That's got to blow your mind. Blows my mind a little bit. I'm like, you know, I studied wave function and and magnetic lines and 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 geologic composition and for what? But uh, but to some extent, it's part of the experience. It's just part of the fun. It is part of the experience. I don't know. I mean, you know, I I just believe that everything is possible. I'm. I don't know. I mean, I sit around and think crazy things sometimes, like I'll think, uh, well, maybe, you know, like how we were talking about, well, maybe this is all a dream, and, you know, sometimes I I think, uh, I mean, it's not like I'm sitting around really thinking, oh, God, this is what's going on, but you know how you have crazy thoughts run through your mind. I was thinking, um, well, maybe this is like just all a big stage. It's just a play and we're just kind of like all actors and are are almost even like puppets. And there's some, you know, alien somewhere pulling the strings, you know, making us do the things that we do. I mean, can you prove that's wrong? No way. No, no way. No. <laughs> I mean, you know, and I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying, you know... Bashar says, reality's not real. Mm -hmm. Your experience of it is real. The only thing that's real is your experience of it. Mm -hmm. And and then you start getting, and and I think that, uh, you know, at least those of us on the call have experienced, you change your point of view, your perspective on something, and the whole Mm -hmm. thing changes. So. Uh, so we have control over our experience, and it's the only thing that's real, so we have control over reality. Mm-hmm. And and it does it, 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 it does extend to the clock on the wall and the physical reality and uh, but you know, we all kind of agreed to the rules. We put on the costume and took the role as the script and okay. you know mm-hmm. we have we have free will, but we have a script? Well, yeah, kind of, sort of. Uh, you know, I like to think of it as like the amazing race. The higher self says, okay, I'm here on mountain number A. You see that mountaintop over there? <laughs> Ten years from now, I'm going to be over there. I want you people with me later. Mm-hmm. And you get to go any way you want. You can fly, you can drive, you can run, you can right walk. on. Right you on. Do, do whatever you want, but you yourself, from your higher perspective, may have decided, "Oh, I'm going to be over there in ten years." So, you know, that's where you get the many roads leading to one. It's your, your. We're going in general, right. in general, in the direction of, you know, that's this thing Elohim calls core emotion is the one sort of subject or topic that is part of every minute, smallest particle of your lifetime. And and I can certainly see. I mean, it's perfectly clear to me now that it is. It's interwoven in everything I've ever done. And um, and That's seeing right, that, though. I mean, think about it. It, it is That's seeing amazing. that from that perspective. It's just sort of like, wow. You know, I would invite anybody that that decided to call on them, that felt led to call on them. Don't beat yourself up when you realize how much it has influenced every bit of your life. It was what you chose to explore. 
Mm-hmm. It's like choosing a college. the first time someone told me that, you know, when, and like I was, you know, barely waking up, and someone told me I chose this, and I thought, you're out of your ever-loving mind. There is no yeah, way who, I would have chosen. And who then, the hell thought this was a good idea anyway? <laughs> yeah. But then, you know, the the more you live life and the more you, you know, explore and uh now, I don't like the term wake up. I don't know of a better term, but you know what I mean. The more, uh, and I don't want to say enlightened because then I... Aware. I'm like a, yeah, the more aware. That's that's a good word. The more aware you become, the more you do realize, wait a minute, I did choose this, and it's all pointing, like you said. Let's just use the mountain for an example. It's all pointing to that mountain, and we're all, you know, or at least most of the people... In my group, we're all vying to get to that mountain. And, you know, we're going about it a little bit different because I'm on my path, you're on your path. And, you know, we're all going to wind up and hang out there, and it's all good. Yeah, we're all going to meet around the campfire and laugh about the adventure we had getting there. This is, you know, know this is summer camp, and the the counselors said, okay, cabin number one, you're going to take off that direction. Number two, that go that way. Number three, go that way, and we'll see you at the campfire tonight. And now yeah, we're telling each other. Yeah, I kind of had a our, visual of that. Of literally sitting, you know, you, me, Jill, Vicky, Jean, Bill. I mean, everybody sitting around this campfire. Mama Webb. I mean, all of us. And pointing back to this very conversation right now. And going and laughing at it. Y'all could have know, that like, conversation, and you still oh. But um, and and that's like it's in the future, but it's like it's already happening. Yeah. Well, it is. Sort of. You know. Yeah, it is. Time's it a funny thing. Is. It but is because it's not. Yeah, it's not real. It it. You you almost get to the point where, it doesn't even matter if what, you know, to the mountaintop I'm looking at at the moment looks like a sheer climb that I don't think I can make. Uh, it. And and I'm going to be jealous about you know my other members of this traveling troop of actors that we are. <laughs> yeah. That, that they got the role where they can go up the ski lift, you know, and have right. opera ski at the mountaintop. Um, it's the deal, man. We experience it from all angles, and we meet at the campfire and tell everybody, tell each other what each of our angles was like. Right on. That's why when I see somebody in a situation that I think I just couldn't stand, I go, man, I'm glad you're doing that one. <laughs> I'm not. This one's not working out perfect for me, but, man, I'm glad you're doing that one. <laughs> I'll talk yeah, to you about I it later. <laughs> I'll see you at the campsite. No, right. <laughs> you let me know how that's working out for you. Oh, my gosh. Well, should we um, go to a break, or what should we do? Should we go to a break, or what should we do? I don't know. Should we I play music? I was supposed to remember that break thing, and now it's 8.26. We normally shut down at 8.30, so, you know. Oh, well, then we can close out. I'm thinking that we can just uh, uh, tell everybody that, you know, we're going to try to have a real guest and a real radio show that covers important information, unlike the minutia. And this has all been a dream, people. This is not real. This is all a dream. Yeah, you were just, you know, you... 
read the tabloid newspaper while eating some bad olives. That's that's all. That's right. Um, I probably should look and see. That's what I was pushing the button for. Calendar. Um, oh, Franco De Nicolo, Thursday night. He'll be here. Uh, he's been here before, so he'll make awesome. it. And then next week on Tuesday, we have uh, Beth Terry. Uh, she is the author of the blog, My Plastic Free Life. And she has made a point for years, several years now of having no plastic. Not just like I'm not going to use plastic bags, but no plastic at all. Wow. And, you know, I walk through the grocery store and wonder how she does that because everything's yeah. in plastic. I mean, I just looked over at my plastic water bottle. Yeah, no plastic. Wow. And which means she can't have a washable plastic water bottle. She's got to do something else. So I don't know what – I think that's going to be a fascinating conversation, and that's what it's all about, fascinating conversation. This is a fascinating place and a great time to be enjoying it, folks. Uh, the rest of it's just kind of details. You know, you say, well, I've got to have a certain amount of money because I've got to have food and I've got to take a shower and i got to – that's all spacesuit maintenance. When you want to come play on this playground, you got to have one of these spacesuits, and it needs food and a bath and a clean place and, you know. Have fun with it, if at all possible. Right on. Right on. And um, I guess we'll uh, we could always play uh, Ina's Ina B's song Earth anyway. Prayer. We'll always play Earth <laughs> Prayer to, to Gene, play us out, Gene so to speak. Will not be happy with us if we don't play Earth Prayer. That's right. She once told me she'd hound me till I played it, and. Uh, <laughs> Because I told her it's always our first break song, but if we were going to put her two-minute piece on about our sponsors, I, I said that's seven and a half minutes, everybody would go home. So here's five and a half minutes of Ina V with Earth Prayer. Thanks so much for standing in, Janet, Bill. You're welcome. Jill for hanging out, Captain Hawkeye. Uh, and, uh, you know, these things, too, they've been pretty rare for us, but occasionally... Uh, something happens and a guest doesn't uh, doesn't arrive. I hope that uh, Sunil's doing all right. So uh, y'all have a great night and uh, join Bill tomorrow night, 7 p.m. Eastern, Blog Talk. Mm -hmm. 7 to 9. Mm -hmm. Inner Child uh, Radio on Blog Talk. Inner Child Radio, Hump Day Show. It's always fun. And uh, then we'll be back on Thursday at 8. So enjoy the song and we'll see y'all then. All right, are we going to do Stay Connected? Good night, everybody. Until then. Stay connected. That's it. <laughs> night, All right, everybody. Good night, guys. Love you. Every day.
We hope you'll join us again next time. Until then, visit our website at everydayconnection.me. And please like our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash everydayconnection. Think you might miss an episode? No problem. 
Subscribe to our show on iTunes by searching for Everyday Connection Radio. Subscriptions are free, just like your Everyday Connection. question of your life the only question before that question how do you find the perfect ring to ask it with with the incredible selection of diamonds at jared and our price match guarantee you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love visit your local jared store today and dare to be devoted we promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer see jared.com slash price match for details 